0: Desiree birds and welcome to the
1: 34.
2: So, for three, So we're going to give a signal. So, we're doing four minutes at the one minute left for all of these. We're going to give that one minute left a notice that we have one minute left. And if you're going to hand off at that point, hand off at that point, and we'll go from
3: there. Okay. Come on, My name is Maria Estrada, AD 63, and um, it was not my or my uh, slate's responsibility to notify the district, every Democrat in the district, of this convention, yet that that did not happen. It was not my responsibility to put my name on the ballot, yet that did not happen. Uh, We did not uh, bus in voters. We did not uh, gather uh, gather ballots and fill out ballots for voters. Um, There was, based on a November 13th um, voter registration list, 199 uh, non-Democrats that voted based on the list that you have that we originally went off of. There was 174 and the committee conceded that 64 of those voters were, cannot be confirmed Democrats. The bylaw state that anyone that votes at these datum elections must be Democrats. By your own standards, their votes cannot count, regardless of whether you could verify them or not, their votes cannot count. Either you are a Democrat or you're not, and clearly they were not. So you had 105 people who voted who were not Democrats, including Republicans, that Myra Maravilla herself uh, stated that she brought in everyone from Hawaiian Gardens. Six of those Republicans were from Hawaiian Gardens. And then you have the fact that you had uh, people that were brought in from Orange County, uh, Bellflower Downey, that came in and voted in our district. We had people that did not sign that were given ballots. Uh, and we had people that um, were illegible, that should not have counted. We also had people that stated that their names weren't listed and they voted. So there was at least one sheet of voters that was thrown out. Um, if you combined all of these things uh, that occurred, we should have gotten a re-election and yet we weren't held to the same standard as the about- <laughs> oh, oh,
2: oh, Order, 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 I- order. View of what the voters may have done, I think that the committee has to find that all of these, um, that, that none of these people were clearly victors in this election. To clarify the scenario you're describing, that last column, were there 97 ballots that you found when you reviewed that were cast in that particular way? So I, it's a yes or no question. So no. Thank you. Um, and then again, under the scenario you've described here, I see several other people who are amongst the highlighted, which I assume are the top seven, are Orlando, Berlin, Smith, Gary. I believe those are the candidates who all had their election overturned by the CRC previously and under this scenario would not have been, above, would have been above one.
4: No, this, in this scenario, those would be the seven winners. The point, Correct. Is, the point is that there, is, there exists
2: scenarios in which the people whose victories were sustained might not have won. Okay. The, that That's my question, and then the last part I had as a question is that the CRC's current standard assumes, in essence, all of the votes being cast for the winners, for those set up. In essence, it assumes that all the people who were under the line didn't get any bad, of these bad votes. Not speaking of what's theoretically possible, as somebody who was present, do you believe that assumption is factually accurate? I don't understand the question. I in, in essence, the CRC is deducting votes from all of the winners. So we're saying every bad vote we're assuming is against, the was for the winners. We've had another challenge where in essence the challenger said, yes, I believe factually all of the bad votes were for the winners i'm asking in this case do you believe factually all of the bad votes were for winners just based on your experience on the ground absolutely not in other words i can't i can't wow. imagine in fact it would require a crazy conspiracy for the numbers to come out the way the crc did their their calculation the conspiracy would require all of the illegal voters to come and have voted for the top seven vote getters who were on as it turns out for example different slates. <laughs>
0: excited to be talking to Jim Mastin, who is the co-chair of the Credentials Committee in the California Democratic Party. Welcome, Jim.
5: Uh, hello, Tina. Nice to talk with you. Yeah, and I mean, just to be clear, oh, I'm yes. I'm a co-chair. We have about eight or so of them, so I'm not okay. the co-chair. You're not the
0: co, <laughs> co- oh, I'm I'm going to make you yeah. the co-chair, because I think that... <laughs> I think court you had a lot. For court share for the day. I think you had a lot of smart commentary uh, at the California Democratic Party convention, so that's why I invited you on the podcast. I think um, I'm making it sort of uh, an imperative to talk about internal party mechanisms with our listeners because I think it's a good education. I think it's good to have that information if you're an activist and you want to be involved in politics. Because all of these sort of "quote unquote" low low level positions, low level uh, elections uh-huh. actually matter quite a bit in the big picture.
5: So, yeah, I'll try and answer answer as best as I can. Uh, okay. I am fairly new at this, but uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, why don't we talk a little bit about an overview of the Credentials Committee? So, you're how long have you been on the committee?
5: Uh, I've been on the committee. I'm just finishing up year years. Although I was uh, out of the country for uh, for part of that time, okay. Um, so really, we we meet at our e-board meetings and at the convention, okay. and um, our terms run for two years.
0: Okay. And so, what are the responsible areas of the Credentials Committee?
5: Well, a lot of what we do is. At conventions and board meetings, we uh, we check the credentials of the uh, proxies for delegates.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, if a delegate can't make it to a meeting, they fill out forms and have a, a proxy uh, in their name come and uh, and represent them. And so we have to check each. We, we have to check the forms that are presented to us. We have to make sure that uh, that the proxy is. Um, is from the um, uh, is eligible for uh, to be a proxy for right. the delegate. Uh, there are certain rules around that. If you're from a central committee, you can only give your proxy to a member of that central committee. Mm-hmm. If you're um, if you're a, a, a delegate, uh, a, 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 an appointed delegate, you can only give it to somebody in your AD. Uh, stuff like that okay also if there are uh, if there are challenges uh that um if there are challenges that are appealed um and we're going to get into that a little bit later um, mm-hmm. those will often go to the credentials committee I'm, and i'm but i'm a little unclear on um, the um how they end up how some of them end up at the credentials committee because i'm not sure they they really should be, they should be settled <laughs> sooner. But, <laughs> I uh, don't and,
1: disagree.
5: <laughs> and, and, and generally, there aren't a whole lot of appeals. Um, this last uh, convention that you, that you also attended, um, you know, we were there one night past midnight
1: yeah. uh, during
5: appeals. And often, you know, we're in and out in three minutes. Well, that was the case this last time at six yeah. or eight um, appeals. So...
0: Yeah, which you're right. It does seem Mm -hmm. to, uh, it does seem to me that a lot of the problems that we did see happening could have been dealt with by the CRC. Um, So we'll talk about Mm -hmm. in a second. But I did also want to ask you, so the way the delegates are set up in the state party is two thirds. Are sort of controlled by either the party or elected officials for just a sort Mm -hmm. of blanket term, and then the last third are the ones that are elected, believe district, the assembly district election meetings. So those are the ADAMS. That's what we're focusing on. Correct. So that last third is supposed to be about grassroots organizing, right?
5: Yes, and there are also um, uh, delegates who come directly from the central committees that are elected slash appointed by the uh central committees whether it's and the county which is mine yeah. or la county which is yours right that sort of thing that that are not you know you, you could argue it's uh, really a party appointment. Uh, yeah it is but, it sort of me is, it's, but it's more yeah. grass more on the grassroots um, okay uh, i see so
0: that's but that's part of the two-thirds right yes okay um okay
5: believe that's correct
0: exactly. yeah it's a little bit i get a little bit dicing there i always think of it as the two-thirds one-third but you're right there's some crossover actually a marshal yeah. had explained this really clearly for me one day and i can't it was in, in great detail actually because amaro knows all this stuff <laughs> i uh, can't i don't recall well, all now
5: <laughs> well if you if you ever do recall it please let me know yeah. so it, <laughs> it might was, be cleared as well
0: it was re- quite complicated um anyway so so you guys take up issues that go beyond the CRC ruling. So say there's an appeal, the CRC makes a decision and then an appeal yes. is filed on that decision. It ends up with you yes. folks. So I uh, kind of just sort saw of a comical story while I was at the, uh, the party convention, I was actually mm-hmm. on my way to something else. When I glanced into your room and saw Dr. Ron Birnbaum standing at the front mm-hmm. of the room, giving testimony and Without looking at the sign, I walked into the room and, because I actually thought, what in the hell? They still haven't figured this out. The CRC is now here at the convention. Why wasn't this on the agenda? What's going on? Um, so I, I initially, I didn't even realize it was credentials. So, but let's talk about those, uh, a couple of the appeals. I know there was more than the two, but I'm yeah. sort of caught up in these particular two. Uh, so eighty fifty one. there was basically uh, three slates that ran in that initial um, election. They, there were two sort of slates that were mixed up, grassroots, or, grassroots organizers, etc. And then there was another slate that was sort of more put together by elected officials, for lack of a better word. Um, and so it ended up being a very poorly run election, let's put it that way. I was actually there present on site and it was obvious that there were people voting in the election that were not registered in the district. I had asked one guy where he was from, and he said Studio City, for example, which is in the San Fernando Valley. Anyway, sure. not to rehash all of that, the CRC partially vacated the election instead of completely vacating it, which mm-hmm. seemed like a bad choice to me because at the end of the day, we don't know. When you cast your vote at these ADEMs, You get a piece of paper, you mark down your delegates, and you don't have to use all of your um, slots. You can vote for only four if there's only four people you're interested in voting for. So I think it's absolutely impossible to make a claim one way or the other where those 90-some-odd votes went. Who knows? I mean, it's impossible to say. But the CRC— Oh, go ahead.
5: I I was going to say, I
2: agree with you. Yeah,
0: but the CRC, for some reason, decided to protect the top four spots. I'm not. Sh- I'm still not sure on the fuzzy math that was used because actually the press release that mm-hmm. went out was not correct because then the numbers I noticed when I first got, I was like, wait, this doesn't match the voter total. So there was a typo mm-hmm. on there. Regardless, yeah. it wasn't a good decision. So it had ended up in front of you folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts are in regards to that.
5: Sure. Yeah, first of all, I don't know anybody, any of the individuals in, uh, you know, in either of the two items that we're going to talk about or appeals to talk about, uh, although a couple of them I did talk to afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I've got, you know, I have no um, you know, dog in any of these fights here. Right. Um, and um, so, you know, we hear a lot these days about algorithms you know, whether you're talking about Google or Facebook or whoever and you know, they're taking these bits of information here and there and you know putting them into some sort of um uh factoring system and coming up with you know, what they want to see as right. a product. Right. And the problem I had with um uh, with this particular um uh, appeal was exactly what you said was that you know you, you don't necessarily have to vote for all however many it was seven or eight people or mm-hmm. whatever uh, oh, 14, 14 I think it was and um, you know you can just vote for two three four one whatever right and um, and so you know unless there was some you know overwhelming you know disparity in or difference in the numbers of the top three or four and everybody else, hundreds of votes different, um, then, um, you know, I, I agreed that, you know, the CRC should have just, um, ordered a complete election for all seats. Mm
1: -hmm.
5: And the motion I made was to basically vacate the election and, um, rerun, um, a complete election prior to the next e-board meeting in August.
2: For, for the presenter, um, given your position as far as particularly based in part on uh, the feelings of voters and and not wanting to affect um, them losing confidence in our processes, um, I'm just curious, um, do you support overturning the previous four elections, the previous four seats from the original? Just, oh,
3: do I really need to be put in a position to answer that question? You can,
2: you can wave. I just was curious. God, I'm gonna, I would never ask anybody to go through what I've gone through. Honestly, this has been awful. Um, and my voters are exhausted, so I, I would really like to recuse myself on that if I could. I'm an activist.
4: I'm not a lawyer like the gentleman. Yes. Just was asking. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you.
3: That's awesome. Any additional questions from the committee to the presenters? Okay. Testimony's been closed, and now <clears throat> discussion Point of information.
2: It's two forty-five. Uh, it's two forty-five. Um, I know we tried to get down to open registration on time, but I would personally be concerned about discussions happening outside of this meeting if we were to table in the middle of debate and discussion from a transparency standpoint. So, for staff, can you make sure they know downstairs we proxies will, will register or registration will open on time, but the proxy table will open upon close of this item? Okay. I assume that I heard about the yeses
6: so yes. is, it, is it time for a motion okay. I move to order a complete election 14 ADEM seats for uh, runner-up seats and one e-board seat prior to next e-board meeting August 23rd the election open to all AD 51 registered Democrats but candidates limited to previously qualified candidates Current seated delegates and e board member remain in place until election results are certified. Is
4: there a second? Or a second? No.
3: Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Is there a second to the motion? The motion dies for lack of a second. Wow. New motion is in order. Yes. I made the same motion, except I would not seat the delegates that are from these contested areas. The I would make the same motion, except I would not. I would advocate that we not seat any of the delegates from either election until this is ironed out.
6: Is there a second? second. There's a second. Okay. Discussion on the motion.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I would oppose this motion. I do not believe that holding an entire new ADM election is in the interest of this district or anyone else. Um, So I I would oppose this.
5: August. Right. Uh, The election being open to all of the um, AD51 registered Democrats, but the candidates limited to those who were previously qualified. Mm-hmm. Um and um uh, and, and do it again. Yes, big undertaking. Um uh, not gonna please everybody. Um takes time, takes effort, but you know, do you want to do it right? Exactly. Or do you just wanna do it to, to get it over with? I have a comment.
6: Um so to me, this is somewhat similar to what we heard earlier today in 1851. Multiple errors were made. Uh, corrections weren't made at the time. Assumptions are being made. Mathematical assumptions are being made on, on all sides that can't be verified. But the more troubling thing to me is why this is here that the CRC should have dealt with it because To me, the message it sends is that the party condones non-democrats participating in our election, whether it was 10 votes or 110 or 210 votes. You know, to me, it shouldn't happen. And that's a corrupt election. I'm not saying any, either side is corrupt. I'm just saying that something went wrong, went horribly wrong. And it should have been dealt with long before today.
5: Uh, or not do it at all in call it good. Um, you know, we're a democracy. You know, everybody should have their say. And, um, you know, in my opinion, I think the CRC got this one wrong.
0: Yeah, you know, and let me let me follow that up, Jim, because I agree with you. Not only are we a democracy, we're the party that's supposed to be against voter suppression, period. So we should not be with, okay with any sort of weirdness going on. We should be really
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. have a zero tolerance policy. And it seemed to me yeah. that a lot of the, um, at least Laura and Michael were sort of arguing that a little bit of corruption was okay as long as it didn't affect the outcome of the elections. But again, I was like, well, you don't know that. We do not know yeah. that. And I think the CRC should yeah. have vacated it and they made a bad situation worse.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I, yeah, would also-
5: I, I don't disagree with that.
0: Yeah, I would also say that I was a little bit floored that, so it was a second appeal on eighty fifty one. These were the folks that lost their positions due to the CRC vacating it, partially vacating mm-hmm. it. But none of them actually showed up to defend their appeal, which I was kind of taken aback by. They had an attorney there. So what delegate, and I really got to say this, what delegate doesn't show up to defend their appeal or has money to hire an attorney? This, to me, was just a mind-boggling situation, especially since part of their mm. argument was we paid for transportation to get to San Francisco and we paid for hotel rooms in San Francisco. Yeah. So you can pay for an, an attorney, or you can't show... I mean, what's going on here? They're, they're arguing they don't want to have to pay for these things, they don't have the money, but yet they have the money to pay for an attorney?
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it, um, and probably never will. Yeah. Now, one one thing I will say is that um, I, you know, I did not attend the CRC um, meeting or hearing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they may have heard something different. Uh, so I don't really know how they came up with, um, with their, um, with their decision other than the printed materials that were, that were presented to yeah. us.
1: Okay. So,
5: you know, it, it, they may have come from a very different direction, perspective to, to reach their, their conclusion. But right. you know, that's why it gets a field, it comes to us and we do what we do feel we can.
0: Yeah, I think the other side of it too is part of their argument seemed rather baseless. I was also present at the, the re-election and one of the delegates that was running was a rabbi, for example, and he spent the entire mm-hmm. day there.
4: Well, this election was held on a Jewish holiday one of the most sacred days of Passover, on a Saturday, on a Saturday, terribly sorry, on a Saturday, Passover occurs from Friday night to Saturday night, during the time, I'm sorry, Sabbath occurs from Friday night to Saturday night. During the time of the Sabbath, this election was held. That's one of the problems, that's a, a clear violation of the rules Um, Article 12, Section 2, as well as the rules for the 2009 ADEM election that specifically stated, avoid conflicts with weekly observances, including Jewish Sabbath. Why this date was picked, I do not know. Worse than that, this was on Passover, the last day, that even makes that particular Sabbath even holier, that individuals have to go to, or observe and be in temple. Secondly, this was a East Saturday Easter for the Greek Orthodox voters in the um, district as well as the Palestinian Christians. So you had three religious um, sec- individuals, groups that were disenfranchised.
0: So and it, it would have made sense to me, and I know that these uh, meetings are run on Robert's rules and this very parliament- parliamentarian. But it seemed to me that if 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 they had allowed for testimony from uh, voters inside the district per se or some of these other folks, it would have painted a much clearer picture than what that attorney was painting. Uh, the parking wasn't a problem. I pulled right up and parked and walked in and voted. It was breezy. It was not an issue at all. And mm-hmm. it just it just seemed it just felt like rotten tomatoes uh, for lack of a better <laughs> descriptor. <laughs> it was like. What's going on here? <laughs> um, so I guess what I'm getting at is, do you think there is a, there should be some sort of rules in place that if a delegate is going to bring a challenge or uh, an appeal that they should be required to, to defend that themselves as opposed to doing what these guys did?
5: Well, I think they should at least attend. Right. <laughs> so whether they bring somebody else like, like an attorney or okay. or whatever to you know uh, best represent them because you know, for many people, it can be very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Yeah, they can lose focus. They have X period of time because all these items are timed, or their their uh, allotted mm-hmm. time is you know is very short. And yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't fault anyone for uh, having a representative there,
1: mm-hmm. but I would
5: certainly fault them for not
1: attending.
0: That makes perfect sense. I I think you're right. Um, a little bit of both that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So the second one that I thought. Was very cantankerous in a shocking sort of way was the Maria Estrada uh, election. So that's mm-hmm. Rendon's district, that's 8063. Now, the CRC in this particular um, occurrence did not vacate the election, even though there were more voters that were voting out that lived outside of the district than there were at 8051. So I don't understand how they came to this conclusion. It seemed really mm-hmm. bizarre to me. Um, did you yeah. were you privy to any paperwork on that that would clarify anything
5: not not really um and you know my feeling and I stated in our at the appeals was that you know if if we assume that there were multiple uh, verifiable errors and there supposedly were there were 528 uh it says entries I assume vote yeah um mm-hmm. that clearly stated that 105 were, were registered other than Democrat, five were registered outside of the district, and 54 could not be definitively confirmed in the voter file. Well, that's okay, so we're just going to let the results stand.
2: So a couple of points, and and I'm the precedent guy on CRC, so I'll be the precedent guy here. Um, The precedent has been, and it goes back actually to that AD 43 election, if we do vacate seats here, I'm not saying we should, if we do, the past precedent has in fact been to leave those vacant and not seat those delegates, to provide them uh, um, a refund of any dues or fees they paid and provide them a no cost observer pass. The reason that has been done is the reality is if we determine somebody won from an invalid election, seating them means you're seating somebody from an invalid election and allowing them to participate. So that's the precedent I will say. It's a precedent I support in that we have to look at this in the totality of not just this district, but the 3,000. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily supporting invalidating any of these elections. I'm just saying if we did decide to do that, I would be uncomfortable seating somebody from an election, we've already said is in essence passed. So, um, that's been the precedent, as they get their refund and they get an or pass, but they don't get voting privileges. And to be clear, it is ugly that you know you're going to have people, and this has been the past precedent. and has been. I'm the one who I usually has to tell them. Keep in mind that. Yes, you spent all this money to come here and no, I can't
1: give you your credential. I uh,
5: yeah, And I don't does get that it. mean and and does that mean and I say to this at the meeting, does that mean that the CRC and the party condones non-democrat participating yes. in in, yeah. in our elections and it's no big deal?
0: Yeah, I don't get it. I, yeah. I was really okay. flabbergasted yeah. by that. I because I hadn't realized until uh, her testimony that that the discrepancy was, discrepancies were worse than they were at AD fifty one. Mm. So so of course my brain right, went right to that spot. Why did they partially vacate fifty one, but not sixty three? If mm-hmm. sixty three had more yeah. egregious issues, it's yeah. I don't I don't understand this. Yeah.
1: Um, and, of, and, and make
5: oh, and make a mistake. I, I'm not the only one on the credential committee who you know questioned this. Um, I'm, I may have been the most outspoken about. You were most, the most <laughs> but, um, exactly. <laughs> um, However Plus you were on the dais, so (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um so yeah, I I don't understand why it was allowed to stand and I you know, I question what that what that Mm -hmm. message from the party Mm -hmm. ends up being to the outside world.
0: Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good look in the very in the very least the optics Mm -hmm. are bad. And I think uh I think one of the other outcomes of that is a lot of our constituency, our voters, they get upset and they feel they're not being heard and you know the mm-hmm. last thing we need to do is is disenfranchise our people especially going into a presidential election. We need them to be excited about being party members and coming out and supporting and doing canvassing. Mm-hmm. And all of these important things. And I feel like when this sort of stuff goes on, people just sort of like wring their hands and walk away. And it's, um, yeah. it's worrisome. So yeah. uh, one of the other things that was going on with Maria Estrada is that her name was left off the ballot, which yeah. as far as I'm concerned, that should have been disqualifying right off the bat. How can you na- leave her name off the ballot and um, I can't remember if it was Lori or Laura or Michael, but one of them said, well, voters could just write their names on the ballot. But <laughs> again, what? Are you serious?
7: Um, I'm only gonna to speak to Maria's having been left off the ballot. Uh, the uh, CRC uh, basically decided that this was what we call harmless error, that it couldn't say that she would have won anyway. <laughs> she won the eboard race, as I understand it. So, or did very well in the award race. She didn't get it because she didn't win the delegate race. Because again, her name was not on the ballot. It is absurd to call this an act of harmless error. The CRC had no basis for deciding that if her name was on the ballot, she wouldn't have been able to be to be elected, and therefore she should. I think, in in light of how many votes she got, otherwise, she should simply be. Uh, given this seat, but at a minimum, you'd have to look at the possibility of a new election. How much time left?
1: Twenty,
2: fifteen
7: seconds. You have anything else to say?
3: They cheated. <laughs> they cheated. It was a whether, whether
7: or not her being left off the ballot was intentional, it was certainly damaging and it needs to be fixed.
5: Yeah, my question on that. Uh, well, and then there was, um, yeah, potential confusion between do you vote for both people? Do you vote for you know can you vote right. for them for delegate and e board? Well, the rules are you can't be on the e board if you're not a delegate. So right. yes, you you can vote for these these people uh on both ballots. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody who was running for a delegate was running for e board. I think there was maybe right. six or eight or something for e board.
1: Okay. Um
5: as opposed to however many there were for, for delegates. And so there was potential confusion about that, particularly if you had to write your name in. And, you know, my, my thought was, well, why couldn't somebody just run down to, you know, a copy center and make, you know, 500 copies right. or however many they needed? Um, yes, it would take some time. They have to say, you know, have to put a hold on, um, uh, on the voting for e-board, but as soon as you found that out, you know you should have corrected it immediately. Um, you know, I don't know where it was held. Maybe there wasn't any place available or whatever. But yeah, I mean anything like that, even something, even minor things that call into question what's going on, um, sends sends a message of you know lack of organization. Uh, Lack of transparency, lack of process, et cetera. Um, which all may or may not be true. Uh, but it's, you used the word optics a minute or two ago. You know, it's, it's, that's it. Um, you know, or a lot of it. It's, uh, you know, the perception is, you know, often becomes the truth, whether it is or not.
0: So there. <laughs> yeah. So no. No. Right. I. That's exactly right. Um. You know. Another thing that happened during. Uh. During that was some. So some of the Rendon guys walked into the room during her testimony and they lined up against the far side wall oh, yeah. with, with their mm-hmm. arms crossed across arms crossed across their chest and it just felt to me like they were trying to intimidate her which I thought was kind of screwed up too.
5: Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. You um, know. Sit down. You know, guys you know nice, <laughs> there's right? plenty of empty chairs and what i what i noticed in a couple of these and i can't remember um whether this was one of them but that uh, you know, formerly um uh you know close friends were all of a sudden on opposite sides and um you yeah, know their relationships were probably ruined mm, um yeah and for um uh, for reasons that were you know, in many cases, beyond their control, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, they they took the opportunities and ran with them, mm-hmm. um, and and that was unfortunate, and unfortunate, and and unfortunately, politics has a way of doing that.
0: Yeah, you know, you're right on that, Jim. It seems to me that some of the problem is, like you said, taking the opportunities and run with it. I think a lot of the issues that we saw were based on power grabs. I mean, I don't want to mm-hmm. go Machiavellian, Machiavellian,
5: Macha. Machiavellian. Yeah. Thank you,
0: Machiavellian, <laughs> tinfoil hat or something. But it seemed to me a lot of the dynamics that were going on really had to do with either elected officials mm. trying to maintain power. And let's right. be let's be honest. Just because we're Democrats doesn't mean we don't have folks in our party that are sort of um, have tendencies towards these things as well. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. all good. That's just something we yeah. have to come to terms with. I think as a party. So, you know, and then one of them even called Maria a racist, which was like, holy crap, did
3: that just happen? So there was at least one sheet of voters that was thrown out. Um, If you combined all of these things uh, that occurred, we should have gotten a re-election and yet we weren't held to the same standard as 8051. I'm not sure how we are even here. This should have been, our challenge should have ex- been accepted initially. We should have got a re-election and this should have been done clean, but that didn't happen. I, I'm gonna assume that that has something to do with the fact that the speak, this is the Speaker's district. Aside from the fact that this is the Speaker's district, we had a lot of elected officials that are here today that that were part of a corrupt election that brought in non-Democrats to vote in this election. So as far as I'm concerned, we know that we won, our slate won. And it does make a difference, the amount of non-voters, non-registered Democrats that voted. That makes a huge difference. And that would actually put us over the top. But I don't believe that anyone on that slate should be seated because they participated in a corrupt election. That's not a matter of question. We know that that occurred.
0: Yeah. So um, now I want to talk about PDI for a second because it seems to me that that would be a relatively beneficial solution. So PDI is software that would allow... Uh, the volunteers to verify that the voters that were coming in for the ADMs lived in the district and were registered Democrats. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you set up a table with with some volunteers. They have the computers and they just check people in. So Mm -hmm. it does take a little bit of time to do that, but I don't think it's totally overwhelming. We used it at the second election at 8051 and it was great. Mm -hmm. I had spoken actually with Karen Bernal and asked her about it and she used Uh it In Sacramento. And she basically told me it worked well, but they just used more volunteers than they normally would. Yeah. So, yeah. And
5: I go ahead. PDI, just just so people know, stands for Political Data Incorporated, I think. Yeah. And it's the system that the Democratic Party uh, uses to access all of the voter registration rolls throughout the state and uh has lots of information you can go in there and and it'll tell you what uh, what uh, assembly district what Senate district what congressional district what school district fire district etc right. any given registered voter uh, uh, lives in or is registered to vote in and uh, and so using it to determine whether a you're a registered Democrat B, A, a uh, you know live in the correct um, assembly district is is fairly simple. Yeah. However, yeah, you know, if you're if you've got 500 people, uh, you know, wanting to vote, and you're going to um, uh, validate each and every one of them, then you need to have a lot of uh, um, a lot of volunteers yeah. uh, who are relatively savvy on you know how the system works because there are some quirks to it that mm-hmm. can really delay. Uh, delay things, Um, but yes, it can be done, and I'm glad to hear that it it is working in some areas.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, In fact, Karen gave me her data, I might have to look it up, but I believe she told me that they were able to Add like 200 new voters to the Democratic Party. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so to me, this is like that's a plus plus.
1: Yeah, like, what's yeah. The, I'll
0: have to talk
5: to Karen about that next time I see her. Yeah, uh, I would
0: ask her about it. She's very knowledgeable, yeah. and um, she walked me yeah. through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it seemed to me yeah. it seemed like a really um, good solution. So hopefully, yeah. people look into this and start um, figuring out a way to implement it. Because I only mm-hmm. think the ADEM elections are going to become larger as we go. I think more voters. You know, it used to be that you would have an A-Dem election with what, you know, you would have every delegate that ran for office got in because not Mm -hmm. a lot of people were running. But I think there's more vested interest.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think that's not going to change anytime soon. So I think it's I think now is the time to fix it. (laughs) You know, yeah. Before it grows. So
5: let's go back to voter. Let's go back to voter registration for just a minute. Uh, Something that came up at the convention uh, that we talked about in. uh, Well, not actually in credentials, but. Amongst some of us who are uh, working the uh, mm-hmm. proxy guest voter mm-hmm. credentials, um, is that voter uh, uh, motor voter registration. Oh, that yeah. um, if you go in, and particularly now with. Uh, real ID a lot, a lot of people are going in and and getting a new driver's license before they expire so there's you know significantly you know higher uh, numbers of people going in to get a new driver's license and and those whose driver's license are just normally coming up for renewal well mm-hmm. if you go in and they say and by the way do you want to register to vote or re-register and if you say yes um, and you start the process. Mm-hmm. You know, you fill out the form, and all the way at the bottom, there's um, you know, have the button to submit or whatever it's it's labeled. Mm-hmm. Or if you stop somewhere in the middle and don't complete it, it will register you as an MPP, oh. no party preference. Okay. And um, this is you know. Big headache at at the state party level because mm-hmm. we're losing hundreds if not thousands of people across the state yeah. who aren't going through the whole process,
1: mm-hmm. and
5: so people who who thought they were Democrats are now MPP. <gasps> That's a problem. And from so the primary, yeah, and and people can go on the secretary of state website and verify their registration. Mm,
1: they and
5: so if you know if anybody mm-hmm. out there has recently. Um, renewed their driver's license, um, or, you know, our new drivers, they should go on and, and, and went through that process. Um, even if they did it, think they did it correctly, um, yeah. they should go on the state, uh, uh, Secretary of State's website and, and just verify that. Um, yeah. It's, it's a real, it's been a real headache, um, at the, at the state party level, and I'm sure for the Republicans as well, that, it's in uh, and, and other parties that, um, you know, it's not happening the way it should because right. you know, people are just not finishing the process.
0: True. And I think there's less concern about it outside of the, the two parties because we have a semi-open primary system and so mm-hmm. they think it's yeah. not as damaging. But here's the thing. We mm-hmm. did have a problem in the last presidential primary where there was a lot of confusion about having to ask for the crossover ballots and yeah. all of these other things, it just makes more sense to just make sure you're registered as a Democrat before you go into vote. Yeah. So it's a non-issue.
5: Well, even at the convention, we had people come up who were delegates, and there were registered So we were, <laughs> were popping up as MPPs. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, God. I mean we have we had one fellow who um, had to go on the Secretary of State's website <laughs> right then and there and and register, uh, re-register, that's and that's actually um, wild. Yeah, and then provide us with, uh, and then we and we have to have hard copies, so we had to go run some oh buy the gosh. printer. Yeah, you know, and that's then wild. and then have his and then have the, the the chair of his central committee come and verify that you know he uh, he was who he was
1: and right <laughs> yeah. You know, so.
0: so, but when he ran for a delegate, he was registered as a Democrat. So that's crazy mm-hmm. that that happened.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So, you know, that's, you know, not again, not to get like weird tinfoil hat. I've heard some of these stories. And so at first I thought, well, no, that can't be true for a while. But now I'm like, no, it's actually happening. Is it yeah. fairly easy for somebody, if they wanted to be nefarious, to go onto the secre- Secretary of State's website, if you had that information, and switch somebody's party registration out of vindictiveness or something? Is that something that could possibly mm. happen?
5: I don't know. I Maybe. Um, I mean, yeah, with, you know, with all the stories we hear these days about Russian hackers and Korean hackers and Chinese, uh, yeah, and the teenage kid next door, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised, um, although, you know, for it to make any kind of impact uh, on an election, if that's your, uh, if, you, if you're not just trying to, um, you know, mess with your neighbor. Uh, or your ex-girlfriend or <laughs> boyfriend then um, you know you, you'd have to you'd, you'd have to do an awful lot of work um, True. in order to do that i suppose so somebody could outcomes, write a write a program but.
0: they could what's the outcomes razor though of why this is happening because I can't figure it out I can't understand what the motivation is
5: to change somebody's registration yeah but it's clearly oh, happening i, don't, I well, I don't think that much of it's happening personally. Okay, it's just, uh, that's just that's just my belief. Okay. Um and and um you know, it's probably easier to do it on a written um, uh, um yeah uh, registration form mm-hmm. than it is to um you know, to do it electronically. Um
1: Right, right. You know,
5: the uh, you know, the programs where uh there's a term for it where, you know, you're sort of collecting ballots with, um, you know, bundling. You know, somebody's got a project. Uh, ballot ballot
0: harvesting. You know, can Ballot
5: we, harvesting. Thank you. talk about yeah. that,
0: Jim, actually, for a second? I actually wrote a piece. Um, sure. Um, I think this is something that we need to talk about in the party. I wrote a piece on this, actually, for Washington Babylon. Wait for this two years ago. So this is before all that craziness in North Carolina. Um, Uh We changed our state law. And I think the reason it matters is that mail-in ballots are now representing about half the ballots that are cast. So it's a sizable amount and it's probably going to grow. Yeah. So these folks, it used to be that you had to be like a family member or caregiver if you were going to submit Uh a ballot on somebody's behalf. Well, they changed the law so anybody can do it now. And I think yeah. that sort of opens the door for some shenanigans. And I don't want to mention names, but indeed, um, it did happen here in District 34 with one of the elected mm-hmm. officials was caught, hired, they hired a, a paid canvasser operation and we're doing precisely that. Mm-hmm. So which brings me to this idea again, it, I think it's I think it is related to what the general discussion on ADEMS and what we want to accept as a party. I don't think we can chastise what happened in North Carolina if we're guilty of doing something on a smaller scale ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me the piece I wrote was this idea like, hey, Democrats, this is a bad idea because, you know, the Republicans are going to get a hold of this and they're going to blow it up. They're going to make it worse, much larger, larger, and it's going to hit us we shouldn't even be on that slippery slope.
1: Mm -hmm. So.
5: Yeah. Well, you know, here's, here's my personal feeling on all of this, that, you know, we're, we're making so many attempts to make it easier to vote, which is great. Right. Um, Yeah. But I have a lot of questions about same day registration. Um, Mm, You know, there's, um, you know the whole um, uh, ballot harvesting um, mm-hmm. thing. I also have a real concern about um, from, from a slightly different angle mm-hmm. um, about uh, uh, ballots being accepted for you know basically three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, before the election day. <sighs> yeah. And. Okay. Um, um, and, and now it's been changed further to, so long as it's, uh, post-dated by, uh, that date, they'll accept it through mm-hmm. Friday, which really delays, particularly in rural areas like ours, yeah. the result that, that is... um, you know, they try to process as best they can everything they get up, uh, to election day. And then you have this other long period of time mm-hmm. where, um stuff has to be hand counted and validated, and et cetera. And, and very few, and I don't even know how many polling places left in Mendocino County. I think we might have a couple. But wow. so few are, uh, you know, validated, um at the time, uh, that they're, that they pick up their ballot. Right. Uh, these days, and everything has to be, you know, uh, I mean, it, it's a big process now, yeah. but it didn't used to be. And um, and while very few final um, um, candidates, uh, propositions, etc., are changed after election night counting, uh, there are a lot of close. Elections and people—they have twenty-eight days to verify it.
1: Well,
5: you yeah. know, people want to get on with their whole life, and uh, especially the candidate, and, yeah, you know, and it's hard to do that.
0: There's problems with that, and I think also I want to point out on that that same issue with the validation. You know, Dean Logan got in trouble here in Los Angeles because he threw out ballots without contacting the voter beforehand they were mailing mm-hmm. in ballots that they were claiming they could not verify the signature on because the signatures that they yes. had in the database were really old or it was uh-huh. but instead of contacting the voter and asking them to come in and validate their ballot they vote they just threw them out like what's that yeah. <laughs> come on dean
5: <laughs> yeah well you know you, you just mentioned something else about signatures one of the things that uh, we recognized up here a couple of years ago is that people need to be registered to vote um, when their signature changes mm-hmm. uh, whether they've got, whether you know with age or signatures change right. or you know if we've had an injury or something like that yeah that ballots can't potentially be um um uh, invalidated because the signatures don't match what's on file. Right. And, you know, some people, you know, haven't re-registered in 20 or 30 years. Exactly. Um, but their signature may have changed and, um, you know, you um, you run the risk potentially of not having a ballot count. count.
0: Yeah, which is unfortunate. So everybody makes sure if you haven't registered in a while that you take care of that, especially if you're using a mail-in yeah. ballot. But I guess what blew mm-hmm. me away about our situation was uh, the ACLU got involved and they filed a lawsuit and Alex Padilla, instead of saying, he should have said to the ACLU, yeah, you're right. That's not acceptable. We need to contact these voters and give them the opportunity. He defended it. So I was kind of like, come on, this is not all right. This is, this is absolutely mm-hmm. not all right. There are ways around this where you're not just throwing out people's mm-hmm. uh, ballots, you know?
1: Yeah yeah
0: anyway here we are we have a lot of issues in voting don't
1: we um
5: yeah
0: (laughs) so yeah i'm 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 i'm
5: I'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of old school there's a part of me that that, uh, yeah i love i i I love uh you know immediately sending my ballot back uh when i get it in the mail but there's a part of me on the other end that says you know a
1: lot
5: (laughs) it would be so much different if we all just voted on election day and, yep. uh, everything was validated when you pick up your ballot and right. you put it in the box and you're done. And a few days later, you know, it's, yeah, you know what the final result exactly. is. Exactly.
0: Well, I'm um, old-fashioned like that. I actually walk to, but I'm lucky enough to have a polling, polling station by me still, and I know that's not the mm-hmm. case for everybody. So yeah. I actually do walk down to my polling station and vote. That's like, and you. you're right, it's such a great feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and yeah. then they give you your yeah. little uh, sticker that has the flag on it. Yeah. Uh, So well, you know, there's the other uh, the other thought I have also is why don't they just make election days holidays and why are they on Tuesdays? There's got to be ways to make it simply easier for folks to do that if they want to. Yeah,
5: you know, I used used to know the answers to why it was on Tuesdays and I forgot, and it's the first theoretically the first Tuesday after the first Monday,
1: Hmm. Um,
5: but I don't remember why. I don't
0: either. In fact, I remember now that you mention it, I remember seeing a Nina Turner video floating around that explained it. And I remember thinking, oh, I always wondered why that
1: was.
8: (laughs) I'm Senator Nina Turner, and I think every American citizen deserves a voice in their government. But because of unfair, outdated, or just plain stupid voting rules and practices, millions of citizens each year go uncounted, unheard, and unrepresented. Here's an example. Tuesday voting. Let me tell you a story that starts way back in 1845. Women couldn't vote. African slaves certainly couldn't vote. Basically, nobody but white land-owning men could vote. So they got to decide when they could vote. Most Americans were practicing Christians and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were all days of worship. Back then, it might take a day to travel to the nearest voting booth and another one to get back. So the days on either side of the weekend were off the table too. Wednesday was market day, so Tuesday it was. And Tuesday was incredibly convenient in 1845. So let's say you're a normal, working, modern-day American of any sex, gender, race, or ethnicity. You can travel to your polling booth by foot, or car, or train, or bike, or bus. What day of the week would be most convenient for you? Probably not Tuesday. We need laws that represent our modern America and our modern Americans. Tuesday voting just doesn't cut it anymore. Now some states have taken steps to help people vote early or absentee to lessen the inconvenience of Tuesday voting but the 64 million Americans who aren't lucky enough to live in those states are still trapped by those ancient rules which means lower turnout which means you guessed it less democracy. So what can we do? Three things number one No matter what state you live in, look up how and when you can vote. Number two, vote. And number three, share this story. Talk about this issue. And together we can make America the democracy it should be. I'm Senator Nina Turner. Thank you for watching.
5: Yeah, no, uh, well, I was going to go back to uh, the um, voting and having, you know, a month, three weeks, a month, whatever, to right. get your ballots in has really changed campaigns. Yes. Because at That's least a true. third of the vote is is done after the first week yeah. or two that the ballots are out. And, you know, so, you know, the traditional election day, um, you know, everything kind of leading up to that. Right. It's actually been, you know, has wound down a week or two before that uh, right. because the majority of ballots are in. And um, I uh, I don't think that a lot of, at least at the local level, candidates have actually factored that in, whether with their mailings, their phoning, their door-to-door, et cetera. You yeah, door to door here is still very effective, Um and but if you haven't started, you know, far enough in advance, you know, you're going to come up short on on connecting with voters. Exactly. And so, those those time frames have really impacted uh, how campaigns are run and won or lost.
0: Yeah, you're right. You know, there used to be all that energy build up to get the vote out. Mm-hmm. You know, the day of canvassing, yeah. the week oh, before. Yeah. Yep. I sort of miss that.
5: <laughs> yeah, and you know, a lot of old, a lot of us old politicians uh, miss it too. That's how we uh, how we were raised. You can see you're stuffing envelopes, you're making phone calls, you're. Exactly. walking door to door, and exactly. all, you know, all with the focus of that one day. Yep. Um, but no more. No it more. Makes it, it, it makes it for, it makes it more of a, um, more of a game in the science these days. Exactly. Um, no, you're right, Jim. Yeah, you know, exactly. kind of hit and miss.
0: Exactly. Well, just wanted to wind up this the uh, credentials sure. conversation with uh, one oh, question. Oh, yeah, credentials. I know, right? <laughs> But I enjoy talking to you. Um, Do you think that the CRC failed in its duties in in many of these circumstances? And if so, what can be done to sort of reform the system?
5: Well, as I said before, I'm not sure, you know, what all CRC heard, saw, etc. Whether they heard or saw different things than we did. Um, and for whatever reason, they, um, yeah, you know, they made their decision and then someone appealed it. You know, they did not appeal it. They did not send it to us. Um, uh, unless it was appealed. So, you know, did they fail? I think that's kind of a strong word. Um, I, think, uh, you know, I, I felt they should have made a different decision, but I'm not sure I would call it a failure uh based on what, what I saw and heard. Um so you know but does that mean there should be some reform? Maybe. Maybe we should look at, you know, the, the rules and guidelines for um not only decision making but also appeals. Um that you know does should some of this stuff be appealed and should it be appealed to the to the
4: credentials.
0: Yeah, you're right. That seems a little strange to me. It seems if there was mm-hmm. a appeal on a CRC ruling. The CRC should actually look at that before handing it to you folks, which is yeah. not happening.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't understand yeah, that.
5: Yeah, I, because I kind of questioned a couple of these, like, about right. looking closely at them. Why is this really here? Is this yeah. really a credentials well, kind of issue?
0: I think they're passing the buck in a way because now they're saying to you folks— it's it's um, up to you to defrock these individuals if you see mm-hmm. fit to do that. So it's sort of passing the bucket away. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I heard the uh-huh. argument that a couple people were making that you know the delegates are already up here on their own dime. So what do we do now? Kind of a thing, which is a valid point. I think they sh- it shouldn't have even gotten to that position.
5: Well, I, I agree. You know, and I, I felt sorry, regardless of you know the issue or how we got there, that. You know, these people were seated as delegates. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they made the commitment to going to the convention. The right. cost is, is not uh, insignificant. And uh, and now we're stripping them. <laughs> yeah,
1: <exactly. laughs> uh,
5: of, of their right to vote or right to be a delegate or you know, whatever it might be. And is that fair? Right. Well, it seems mm-hmm. to me that maybe one of the, the changes, uh, and, and I'm not sure, Oh, well, these things, these are dated in March. So I guess that's when the mm-hmm. CRC yeah, that was, yeah. compliance review commission, uh, looked at this. Um, so maybe there should be, you know, like a 10 day period that right. it gets appealed. And, um, as opposed to it gets appealed at, uh, the convention or right. the board meeting, which right. is when everything's happening. Um, so maybe that's one of the changes that, that
0: could happen. Yeah, I mean, and I think you or one of the other folks had made the point. Well, they can still have observer passes and be here at the convention, et cetera, mm-hmm. just not vote. And I think the bigger issue is is really a should, if they if they didn't legitimately win an election, should they be here as a mm-hmm. delegate, regardless of this other mm-hmm. thing? And I think that's yeah. also a valid position.
1: Yeah, no, I
5: I, I agree. Anyway,
0: all right. Yeah, that's, so- that's,
5: why, that's why maybe, you know, a 10-day period, um, you, know, with, uh, you know, within 10 days of, uh, um, of the, the CRC decision that uh, they can appeal it and uh, a committee mm-hmm. will be formed, whether it's credentials mm-hmm. or somebody else, mm-hmm. and and that's a mm-hmm. month before um, the convention or the e-board, so plenty of time to... Right. You know, buy your tickets and book your rooms, or not. Exactly.
0: That seems fair to me. Uh, So, thanks for coming on, Jim. This is an interesting conversation. Um, Really appreciate it.
5: Um, I'm glad you reached out, and uh, that we had the opportunity to talk.